Do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee, and there they will see me. He is risen. He is risen indeed. Alleluia. Amen. A couple years ago, uh, on an Easter time, Holy Week, uh, at my last church, Emmanuel in Cadillac. I know there's some people out there watching. Um, you might remember this, but uh, we had, this probably happened a couple times, actually, in my history as a pastor. But a wonderful woman, matriarch of the congregation, went to be with the Lord. And while it wasn't in itself a shocking sort of a, a death, as we were waiting by her side for some time, um, praying with her, it's still t hard. Tears come out, and it happened at such the inopportune time. Holy week. And all the work you have to do as a church and all these services you're putting on, and now someone died. And not only is that more work for everybody to do, and where are you going to fit that in, but also it kind of interrupts everything. It interrupts the work you're doing as a church, as a pastor, you're spending time with that family. But also what really kind of broke my heart is that it interrupted their life, you know, for Holy Week and Easter and, and just the joy that that brings. And now there's tears and they have to bury their mother. We had a service, I think it was on Good Friday. It's the best time to do it. And that death just sort of interrupted everything. And I think you probably know what I'm talking about. Death does that, doesn't it? Death interrupts things. It comes whenever it wants to all the time. And for some reason, even though we see this happen all the time, we are shocked by it so often, aren't we? When death comes, whether it's surprisingly when someone we did not expect goes to be with the Lord, or it's, uh, it's planned, and yet still, no matter what, how old our, our mom or our dad or our grandfather is, it's still tough and it shakes us. It interrupts and it ruins us, doesn't it? A little bit. This epidemic, this pandemic has been like that as well, hasn't it? I mean, couldn't have come maybe later on, like instead of Easter time, you know, and interrupted our whole Lenten journey on Easter? Why didn't it come like maybe in the middle of uh, the winter where we didn't want to get outside? We were inside anyways because it's cold. I don't know. You know what I'm saying? And I bet that's not the least of it. I know many of you, it just interrupted us didn't it? It ruined our time. At school, we're gathering the kids and uh, our St. James, the whole community, we had all these plans. We were going to expand. We were going to grow and blossom and bloom. We had a gala event that we just loved doing. We had a major plan of doing this uh, Alive in Christ, Embrace in Chicago, and all these new ministries we were going to lay out. All these amazing things we were going to do, and then this pandemic came. Ruined our life as a church and a community, kind of. Just came crashing and surprising and interrupted us. And I think you can say the same in your own lives, I'm sure. I don't want to complain at all because I know for a fact I have friends, we have brothers and sisters in crisis, St. James, that have lost a job already because of this, whose future is uncertain economically. This darn pandemic has really interrupted life, hasn't it? Well, I'd like to encourage you to stop letting it interrupt your life. Stop letting death interrupt life. It's time that life 
starts interrupting and ruining death. And we see that in this beautiful story here of, uh, in Matthew chapter 28. Matthew says, after the Sabbath, that Saturday, what we would call Saturday, when they were all resting, you can't do any work, and Jesus lay in the tomb. Toward the dawn of the first day of the week, what we would call today Sunday morning, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to see the tomb. They got up early as soon as they could. As soon as the Sabbath and the regulations were over, they got up to go be with Jesus. Because they only had so much time, if you remember, Friday, as he hung on the cross, the sun was coming down, which means the Sabbath was beginning, and they had to get the bodies off the cross. And no one could do any burying, and nobody could really put any... Well, kind of sounds, kind of sounds like today, doesn't it? So many people out there right now have lost loved ones and we're not able to bury, not able to be with them as they died, and not able to have a proper funeral service. Mary, the two Marys know how that feels. Jesus knows how that feels. So they go when they could, when the pandemic was over. Behold, there was a great earthquake, Matthew says. Talk about interruption. And the angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone and sat on it. Like in a calm, cool way. Like it is finished sort of way. Like no big deal sort of way. And his appearance was like lightning. His clothing white as snow. And for fear of this angel, the guards trembled and became like dead men. Because that's what happens when you're interrupted, when you are freaked out. It paralyzes you. It stops you. You don't know what to do. We've been freaked out and paralyzed by death, if you will, by this pandemic. It sort of freezes you, doesn't it? It stops you. It paralyzes you. You don't know what to do. What's the future going to bring? And we're all sort of stuck in that way. Are we not? I think we feel like this. We're all just sort of stuck waiting. Our life has been interrupted. But this time, for the first time since Adam and Eve were thrown out of the garden, instead of death always interrupting life, life has interrupted death. And that's what paralyzed these guards and stopped them in their tracks. Because quite frankly, that's even more shocking. We're used to death interrupting life. But life interrupting death, that's even scarier if you think about it. So they are frightful, they are trembling, and they become like dead men. Isn't that a funny turn of events? But the angel said to the women, what? Do not be afraid. For I know that you seek Jesus who was crucified. He is not here, for he has risen. Just as he said. Which is very important. The angels want them to know, first of all, that life has come. That in a graveyard, instead of going to see dead people and crying, they have come and there's a man who's walking around alive. That in a place of death for the first time ever, instead of hearing bad news, they hear good news that their loved one is alive and well. 
physically alive and well. And the angel says this, just as he told you, a little reminder, almost a, see, I told you so, you can trust Jesus' words. He said it time and time again, but no one really is going to believe that because we're so used to death interrupting life. We don't even think it's possible. We're just, we don't even, can't even live in that reality or imagine it, that life, eternal life, would interrupt our life of dying. You can trust Jesus' words. Not only here, saying, I'm going to rise again, but what other words can you trust? I forgive you. It's paid for. It is finished. Sins are done away with. I will raise you up on the last day. We can trust Jesus' words. So they departed quickly from the tomb with fear, because this is insane. I love this. You'll see this in all the Gospels. It wasn't ever a case where the people went there and heard Jesus is alive, and everybody's like, oh, that's great, that's awesome. They're all freaked out. They're afraid because that's what's happened. Life, resurrection, has interrupted our general usedness of death. And it just, it freaks you out. If you really think about it, it freaks you out to think that a man is walking around alive because that's so unusual. It's the first time ever. What are you going to do with this? They are freaked out. And they have great joy at the same time. That is a response that makes sense, I think, right? And they run to tell his disciples. And behold, Jesus met them and said, Greetings. Which I'm sure, he did, greetings sounds so nerdy to us, but I'm sure he didn't say, hey, greetings, like some nerd pastor. It was more of a general Jewish hello that they're so used to. Shalom. Peace. How are you doing? <laughs> He's alive. He is risen. He's in, risen indeed. Hallelujah. And what do they do? If you're reading along there. They come up. They take hold of his feet. And they worship him. First of all, you don't worship something that's not God. That's a sin. They believed that he is God, this Jesus. And not just a man. Because the church has always believed that. It's an early church thing. It's not a later evolution of understanding of Jesus. They always believed that Jesus was God after he rose from the dead. And look what they do. They grab his feet. First of all, that's humility. You get down on your knees. If you really think you're standing before God, you get as low as you can so he can be as high as he can. But also they're touching something. His feet that are on the ground. Not floating in the air, not some ephemeral spirit or some invisible thing or some dream or ghost. Real resurrected feet on the ground because God is a God who stands on the ground where we are at. And he's come to rescue us and raise us up from the dead. Two. Jesus is physically alive. It's not an idea. If it was just an idea, then this is the dumbest thing in the world that we're standing here at this time in the morning talking to you. Christ has risen. He's risen indeed. Hallelujah. There's a classic story of a fellow, I'm going to say this last year, but I think this is so good. Classic, uh, either in class and uh, this kid, 
uh, or this professor wants to shake everybody's faith, you know, uh, as professors uh, maybe want to do and, uh, you know, doesn't uh, wants to make sure we don't have any unscientific minds in the classroom, you know, or, or believers. And so he asks, you know, is anybody a Christian in there? Okay, some people raise their hands. And then uh, he asks, is there anything that I could say that would cause you to lose your faith in Jesus? And one kid had his hand up and he says, okay, what is it? And the guy and the kid said, no, there's nothing you could say that caused me to lose my faith in Jesus. It seems like the right answer, but it's the wrong answer. If you could show me the bones of Christ, that he has not risen from the dead, then I'd be the first one to lose my faith in Jesus. But he is risen. It's a historical fact. They've never found the bones. They've never found the body. And each instance, he is clearly physically walking around. More than 500 people have seen them. People died because they had seen the risen Christ, had no problem being killed for being a Christian because they knew that Jesus is alive and he told me I would be alive. It's going to be okay. He is risen. He's risen indeed. And he's promised you the same. In baptism, he has promised you, he's put his name upon you, and he's connected you to him, as St. Paul said, right? In baptism, we've been united to his death and his resurrection. We will rise too. Death has been interrupted by life this Easter and today. And when you were lost in your sins and broken down, God came to you and just like that angel, through somebody else, maybe it was parents bringing you to faith, maybe it was a pastor or a friend, you were brought in through a youth group, whatever it was, through his people, he interrupts our lives of death with life. And he gives us hope and peace. And not just an idea of hope and peace, but a clear, physical, concrete promise that we are forgiven and we will rise again. Jesus says to them again, right? So important, don't be afraid. Because this time life is interrupting death for good. Now go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee and they're going to see me. Brothers and sisters in Christ, or maybe you don't know anything about Jesus, first time you've watched this. Christ is risen. That changes everything. Death is not the end of the story. Death has nothing to do with life. Death is a foreign element. There is no circle of life crap. There is no, uh, death is just a part of things, you know, and it just kind of goes around and around. That's junk. That's awful. That's disgusting and sick to tell your kids. Death has been conquered and removed. You don't need to be afraid anymore of this pandemic, of the economy, of your sins. You are forgiven. You will rise again. Let's let, for first time maybe in a while, in your life and in my life, in the life of the church in the city of Chicago, let's let life interrupt this death, this disease. May the hope of Jesus in the words that he has for those women and for you raise you up today. And give you some hope and a skip in your step. May we leave not afraid because we know it's going to be okay. And let's do this every day. 
instead of waking up and looking at the news and seeing, oh my goodness, this is happening and that's happening, and letting death interrupt our life, let's go to the Word and be reminded what Jesus has done for us and let life interrupt death every morning, reminding ourselves that we are baptized in Jesus, we are forgiven, and we will rise again. This year, let life ruin this pandemic, this time of fear in your world. Let life reign. He is risen. He's risen indeed. Hallelujah.